0: Welcome, this is Bill Munhausen, your host for Christian Ideas and Activism, also available as the Key Ozarks podcast. My niche is faith and religion, but that doesn't tell you the whole story, because God wants us to be salt and light in every aspect of life. My mission is to seek out the truth of things. We'll explore government and entertainment and family and entrepreneurship and science all through the filter of what God wants as he builds his kingdom among us. This episode features John Williams interviewing me about Key Radio.
1: With me today, I have a gentleman by the name of Bill Mundhausen, who owns KEYK Radio out of the Lake of the Ozarks. Now, Bill is another guy that's given me a shot on the radio, but I wanted to bring him on to discuss his radio station because I'd love for my listeners to go check out his web stream. And, cause you can literally go to keygatheringplace.com or keyradio.live, which if you look in the description section after the video, I will post the links, uh, to his network. But I, I would really like to drive some traffic his way. And, uh, but I want to, I want to, I want to bring Bill on to, um, discuss his, uh, um, well, the, the purchase <laughs> of the station and, and the journey that he's been on with the station. So. Bill, Bill, how are you this evening, sir?
0: I am good. This is my first time good. being on your show, so I'm not quite knowing what we're doing here, but I'm ready.
1: <laughs> it's pretty much an open format. I just, I, really, I wanted to discuss your radio station and the journey that you've gone through from purchasing it to, um, you know, just talk about some of the shows you carry and 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 basically the mission of your station. So. uh First of all, we can just start off by, uh, you can give us a brief introduction, backstory on yourself, and then we'll get into the radio station and some of the things that you went through in order to get this whole thing going.
0: Sure, yeah. I'm sitting in, uh, in my office in a place called the Key Gathering Place, which you mentioned the website. And actually, that started back in the year 2000. We, we opened it up as a science center, believe it or not. So I was your science guy, tour guide in the science center, inventing uh, uh, science exhibits of all kinds. And I had some afternoon programs I was doing at schools around here. So that was a long journey. We did that to about 2015. And then around 2018, we had the idea of reopening or re-energizing this as a community center. And really, that's behind a lot of uh, the reason for the radio station Uh, We all know that our federal government is a little out of control, to say the least, and that uh, we don't know what the future holds for that, so I think it's really important that we build local communities so that we have each other's back in the local area. And we started with the community center, and then we had the opportunity to acquire a radio station And it struck me that that's a much more economical and a much more um, far-reaching way to reach community, to build community, than to expect people to come to a place. So that's why we're in the radio business.
1: Well, there. I just learned something new because I had no idea that you did science tours and all that. So that's pretty cool. So, so you decided to start a radio station. What was the process like? What What are some of the steps that you have to go through in order to, you know, have a licensed radio station? What are some of the processes that you had to go (laughs) through in order to get that thing going?
0: Well, it's it's mostly God's grace. It's not. There's not a process involved. Uh, Years ago, when I had the science center. We made some science, little one-minute science videos or audios, audio messages and put it on our local radio station. And when I was over there, they mentioned they had this kind of offshoot radio station that they really didn't know what to do with. That was probably about seven years ago. And then just about two years ago, maybe less than that, <clears throat> they reminded me about it. Kind of at the same time that we were getting a reputation for our, our community center Uh, One of the people who heard about us uh, offered to buy the radio station for us. So there really wasn't a lot of um, uh, strategy involved. It was all just kind of happened. I I wish I could tell your listeners more about how you can start your own radio station. (laughs) But every broadcast station is licensed with the Federal Communication uh, Commission. Uh, There's a limited number of broadcast channels, and you have to go out and find one. And we just happened to have one close by that was for sale. That was kind of a useless little uh, non-commercial FM station. They wanted to get rid of it, and here we were. I mean, I mean, that's cool and all
1: that you know that you have you have community help out there to to help get things you know get the ball rolling. That's pretty cool. Um, well, it was really guess, just
0: the power of one person when you come right down to it. So it just shows you every person makes a difference.
1: Absolutely. Um, are you kind of a mission-driven station? I mean. When, you, when this whole thing came together, what did you see, or what was kind of your vision for the station? What, what did you want to accomplish with
0: it? I'll try to keep it as succinct as possible. But we're a, we're a Christian organization. We're a not-for-profit organization. We've been around since, like I said, the year 2000. And so we have a, a mission, which is basically, it's Christian, but it's also about doing good works in the community, When it comes to the radio station, really what we're trying to do is create something that gives voice to every part of our community. I mean, if you think about a town or any place where you live, there are politicians, there are businesses, there are entertainment venues, there are churches, of course. There are people who just like to teach interesting skills, whether it's firearms training or hunting or fishing or any number of things like that. And what we're trying to do is create a venue for everybody to be able to, to do their thing. And it all lets the rest of the community know about all, the, <clears throat> all of these opportunities that are out there. We're really hoping to replace Facebook, I might, I guess you could say. Uh, Facebook is kind of an artificial community with a lot of meanness in it. We're trying to come back to the roots, people face-to-face doing things.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I completely understand what you're saying because what you alluded to earlier with the Fed... Is that we do need um, to build a community, and I know uh, with the uh, Missouri Freedom Initiative that I've become associated with uh, some of those uh, gentlemen in the group state the same thing that we we almost need to build alternate communities where people can work together, you know the, the looming uh, inflation and uh, you know possible recession that's co- that's coming because of government ineptitude mm-hmm. that that we need uh maybe to start looking at building alternative communities and even alternative currencies and whatever we can do so that people can come together help each other out and get through these tough times and uh so yeah i, I completely understand so i know you have a morning show and you do carry my podcast but i i are there some other shows you'd like to highlight i know you'd like to highlight them all but once you <laughs> give us kind of a a general rundown of some of the different types of shows that you have on.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, One of my favorites is called True History Professor. It's a a man named Jim Paisley. He's a retired college professor. And uh, what he does is he looks at current events, and he does a lot of research about it, and does a presentation on the historical background behind those events. So when there's something like a war between Russia and Ukraine, he'll go back historically and look at how that whole relationship about those two countries came about and what the issues are, and he brings it up to the current time. So it's kind of like the uh, story beyond the headlines. You know, uh, we tend to turn it into something very simplistic, like the big country of Russia is invading the little country of Ukraine, but we, we don't realize there's a whole story behind that. Neither side is particularly innocent in the whole thing. There we have one uh, called uh, Counterculture Mom, and that's done by a lady named Tina Griffith, and she's somebody who used to live here, and she used to be a Hollywood actress, and what she does is does do, does exposes about what goes on in Hollywood. Basically, we have a lot of I, I guess you could call it conservative-oriented programming, but it's not. I don't. I hate to label it like that. It's really about people who are speaking out about freedom and what is positive for America. And I, that's the gist of what we want to have on key radio.
1: I mean, now, again, I I don't really, I'll have to admit, I haven't listened to a lot of shows just because um, I'm super busy most of the time. But I do have to, again, thank you for letting me have some, you know, giving me a, an opportunity to be on your radio station. And
0: I, I love yeah. your show because it's a, uh, Outside the box, it isn't what I'd call purely conservative there's a a libertarian streak in there, but there's really just a lot of good common sense and you cover a lot of ground in your program so I really appreciate what you do
1: i I know you and I have discussed this and i, I I'm not i don't want to put you on the spot
0: sure you don't <laughs>
1: <laughs> but'm uh-huh. I, I, I'm going I'm going to put this out there so if others hear it. No matter where they are, yeah. then maybe I maybe I can help you out because I do know that you are looking for some advertising for the station. I mean, I know you're not looking for, you know, all oh, I, I need hundreds of advertisers, mm-hmm. but you do need a little bit of advertising help. So I I guess I just want to put this out there for anybody, you know, the, the the web address and everything. Now you have a you have a way to contact they have a way people have a way to contact you via the the website right. Of
0: course, yes. Okay. And and there's both there's also an Android app and a, an iOS app. So they can download an app and it has the contact information on it also.
1: I forgot about it. see I'm a bad host. I, I didn't do enough research and forgot half the information. But, so I just I just want to put this out there for folks who especially if you live around the Lake of the Ozarks area, if you would be interested in some advertising then Bill needs some advertisers. So I, I just want to put that out I'm not trying to pressure anybody mm-hmm. but you know, I just—I know
0: that <clears throat> I'll make a, a little—I'll make a little pitch for this. Even if okay. you don't live at Lake of the Ozarks, if you're involved in anything that's associated with the marine business or boats or anything like that, we have a lot of boaters here. I don't know if you realize it, but we have a great big lake. Yeah, so, yeah so, that's true. <laughs> yeah, so people drive boats around, and there's lots of advertising. You might not think. Makes sense because we're at Lake of the Ozarks, and you might not live here, but you might be in an industry that services Lake of the Ozarks.
1: Absolutely. So this is just a call, a little maybe a little call for action. But if you if you're interested in advertising, you know, doing some sort of advertising for whatever industry you're in, um, please contact Bill because Bill's looking for He's got some advertising spots open, and um, I, you know, again. Folks, we're talking about community here and I you know I've heard enough of Bill Station. I don't just listen to my own show. I've listened to I have listened to some other shows. And I can tell you the content's good. It's not a bunch of rubbish. It's not just a you know, it's not like turning on most conservative radio where you just hear the Sean Hannitys and the Mark Levins. You get you get a good mix of a lot of different topics. So if that's something that's up your alley and again, you're looking for advertising, I would ask that you contact Bill and may, maybe you'd like, you know, maybe get something worked out, because I, I, again, I would like to see this radio station succeed, I would like to see these type of movements grow, and um, he's been kind enough to give me a spot, so I would, you know, I would like to return the favor and push some traffic his way and get maybe even a little monetary assistance, I, you mm-hmm. know, again, he's not, you know, I know you're not looking to become a millionaire or some big uh, radio tycoon, but... You do have to have money to run a radio station. You do have bills to pay. So there is that. Um, <clears throat> so I got to ask you, Bill, how long have you lived
0: in the lake area? Since uh, 1994. I moved okay. here from uh, Los Angeles, of all places. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I moved to Los Angeles from San Francisco, and I moved from San Fran- to, to San Francisco from New York.
1: Oh, so you've been a big city guy for a long time then.
0: Not really. Um, when I lived in, <laughs> <laughs> people don't realize that New York is a big place. So I lived in a little, I grew up in a little town in upstate New York called Barrytown, about 90 miles from New York City. So I was a small town kid. But because of the proximity to the city, you know, a typical story, my big brother, he moved uh, from our little town and went to New York City to make his fortune. So I got to on summer vacation go down to New York and work. So I, I got to the best of both worlds. I I lived in a small town but I got to experience the big city.
1: Okay. Now I you said you lived in LA and San Francisco, so
0: I lived in I, gotta, I, I lived in a place called Simi Valley in, in Los Angeles, which is about a an hour commute to work each day. So it was again another small town on the outskirts of LA. Oh okay. I haven't really lived in the in downtown areas very much. I don't think anybody should do that <laughs> for any length of time no, anyway. Absolutely not because I lived for a
1: very short time. I lived in um Westminster, Colorado, which is a uh it's off, it's an offshoot of Denver.
0: Okay. Now,
1: yeah. Now, I I got a question from a listener here uh Bill. Sure. This is from, this is from uh, Patrick at the Missouri Freedom Initiative. He says, has the, de- has the dynamics of the radio business fundament- fundamentally changed at all over the decades, do you know?
0: Well, I've been doing the radio business for eight months, so I don't have decades. But I can tell you that what radio is going through now is a lot like what television went through 10 or 15 years ago, where at one time it was all broadcast TV, and then it started to switch over to cable television and now you have all kinds of entities on the internet you know whether it's um, Disney or Netflix or all of those platforms where you get all your programming from and you don't even really need TV anymore you just need an internet connection and that's what's happening to radio We, we still have a lot of broadcast stations and people still tune it in on on their car radio but when they're at home basically they're listening to radio on the internet that's yeah, that's, I, that's uh, the revolution that's taking place it's uh, everything a lot of radio is now pre-recorded also instead of live for that reason
1: right i yeah i i, I again I couldn't imagine trying to because I know what you do you pull I mean a lot of yours is you don't you have one live show that's the morning show mm-hmm. and everything else is you know podcasts or different shows that that I'm assuming you upload and and then you have some automation there, I know you told me. Yeah. Um, now, I, I have to ask if you don't mind answering a question. Now, sure. what, kind, what, what kind or how do you, do you have some kind of server or do you have, or do you use some kind of software that kind of gathers everything and it just, you, you tell the time slots and to call for different shows and it just plays them? Or?
0: Yeah, we, <clears throat> we use a completely online scheduler. And it's actually a company over in England. So uh, all of our scheduling, all of our podcasts get uploaded to the cloud and they're uh, in this scheduling program that was developed over there. It's just a it's a very simple thing. It's a a one pager where you plug in a bunch of playlists and you put each of the uh, media files into the playlist each week. And so it's um, you could do it from anywhere. It's just a browser kind of thing. And all that we do differently from most Internet radio stations is we then take that feed and we play it through a a little device. And it automatically goes to a broadcast antenna in Osage Beach and goes out through the airwaves around Osage Beach also. So we're actually backwards from most radio stations. Most radio stations (laughs) do the broadcast and capture it for the Internet. We start on the Internet and send it to the broadcast.
1: Okay, now I, I also have to ask you: Can you? Do you? Um, are you hurt? Pretty much all the way around the lake. Yeah, I mean, do you cover a decent area with that station? I've never did ask you this question before. Sure. Yeah.
0: Well, a decent area is relative, I guess. Uh, the FCC regulates how far you can transmit. That's some. It's not a matter of just getting a bigger antenna, for example, because you're not allowed to. to What's called step on the uh, the neighboring radio stations. So we have a broadcast area that's basically Osage Beach, which is the prosperous part of Lake of the Ozarks, and that signal kind of spills over into bits of Camden, It's Mostly a Camden County station. So you can't do anything that the government doesn't let you do. And that's the great thing about internet radio. We have listeners in uh, London and Japan. Because they can hear it anywhere on the internet.
1: Now that is cool. I, I do know that the, speaking of the you know government and FCC licenses.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't. I don't remember if it was in the '90s or the 2000s, but the FCC took some what they called what they called pirate radio stations to court, and it went all the way to the Supreme Court, and the so-called pirate radio stations won. The court case, the Supreme Court ruled that said, no, you don't have to have a license to to transmit, you know, radio signal. Now, of course, you can get into problems if you're, you know, say you have a town that's 20 miles away Mm -hmm. and they're on a frequency and they're barely reaching you. But if you're stepping on their frequency and they're an FCC license station, they will call the FCC on you and say, hey, this guy's also transmitting on this. Right frequency, but yeah, the Supreme Court has ruled that you. Now again, I I get it. You don't want you know you don't want a bunch of trouble from the feds because you're just trying to put out a you know a radio signal that people can listen to. You. But yeah, I, did, I know the Supreme Court has ruled that says no, you don't have to have a license because I know well, those licenses are not cheap.
0: Yeah. They're, they might have ruled that, but still the FCC or the government comes back in and then defines it. Um, what they've done is they have something called low-power FM. It's it's basically free. It doesn't require a license, but the range is like a, a mile or two. The way low low-power FM operators work is they'll set up different nodes around town. So they'll broadcast a mile to get to the next node, and that node can... Send the signal another mile, and it, but it's a such a low power signal it doesn't interfere with the main broadcast stations. In practical terms, you really have to have a license. I don't care what the Supreme Court says.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if you, yeah, I, I mean, I, I understand it. It's, it's, it's another one of those things where you're like, you yeah. know,
0: I've, I've I heard mean, some people say you don't really have to pay your income taxes because it was never ratified or something, but. You shouldn't try not to pay your income taxes.
1: Yeah, you, you won't like the results. No. Now, I, I will tell you this. Yeah. On that note, I don't know if you've ever heard of a gentleman by the name of David Champion. He could literally, now he guaranteed it. Like in writing, contract, contractual, everything. If you were starting a small business, and let's say you had 10 employees, and you chose to not make your employees pay a federal income tax, that man could do up every document you needed. So if you went to court, laid down all the paperwork, uh-huh. and said, they do not have, he was one. they were winning all their cases. Well, because somehow he found a legal, documented way to say, no, they don't, I, I don't have to take federal income tax money out of their check and send it to you. I. They're they're not obligated to do it, and he was. People were just. The judges were like, "Okay."
0: Yeah. Now, does you know? the does the employee then have to do something to pay their taxes, even though it's not withheld?
1: No, I don't think so. I think it covers the employees as well as hmm. the employer.
0: We should let everybody know about this.
1: Yeah, I. I he, well, see. Uh, talk of, uh, talk about a
0: revolution. Yeah.
1: The local station here in town, the local uh, network, they used to cover, they used to carry his show. He had a, it was called the Dave Champion Show. He, mm-hmm. uh, he. I don't, I, he may still do it. I'm, I'm going to have to di- or dig it up because, yeah, you paid him a fee and then he literally, you know, typed up all the documents, you signed them, and it was just like, boom, now you you and your employees under the to pay a federal income tax. And I'm thinking, but it's, you know, it's one of those things. Just like with a lot of other topics where most people think, well, you have to pay it. It's the law.
0: Right. And mm-hmm. it's like,
1: no, there is, there is no law. Sorry. But it is the same case. You have to convince people, uh, just like on a, a lot of other topics, that, listen, if we all band together, we can defeat this monster. But, you know, you got to – rightfully so, people are going to be worried that they're – you know, the IRS agents are going to show up their door and they're going to be handcuffed and –
0: well, hauled off to well, we know, jail. So. We, know, we know the IRS is pretty dangerous, and they have a lot of leverage over us, so that that prevents a lot of questioning. But it would be a great topic for a show to figure out what Dave Champion's angle is and how it could be done.
1: Yeah, maybe one of these days, if he's still around, like again, yeah, if he's still around, if he's still uh, doing his thing, maybe maybe that's a guy I need to talk to you about coming on my. Well, you you got to. Got good ideas, Bill. We'll have to bring you, <laughs> on. I'm gonna yeah. bring you on more often, so you can give me some more ideas on some other guests. Because um, yeah. well, right now I'm, you know, right now I'm trying to focus on finding more freedom-oriented uh, candidates for this year's uh, state houses, your state house elections, and and all that. And you know, it's it's sad. That's another thing I'd like to see. I'd like to see a, I'd like to see a website uh, that you can just, you know, that would filter out all the, the establishment candidates and be like, you know, give like a freedom index on those who are running for office. And they're like, oh, okay. And just, that way I could just have a list every two or four years. Like, oh, I want to interview that one and that one and that one.
0: Mm-hmm. there There
1: is no such thing. I, I, I'm i getting a lot of word of mouth, which is fine, but they, they're not easy to find.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and it would be good if there was a central location because voters need to know. Um, I know one... One election cycle, uh, I actually went through a process of uh, looking at all the candidates in all the elections and kind of reporting back to my church people about who they ought to vote for, because in so many cases, all you have is a yard sign. It's hard to find what a person's platform is, especially with a judge. How do you decide which judge to vote for? That's just a strange concept. Uh, We didn't vote for judges where I come from. I always thought oh. I, th- I always thought judges just did the right thing somehow not that they got elected by people
1: yeah I, I mean I know it's different in every area it, it's just like uh, sometimes you have a chief of police which are appointed and, uh-huh. and I, here here in Owensville we have a city marshal who's elected and uh, it's probably been ten years ago or better that um, <clears> that the, the city had thought about going to an appointed chief and I wrote a You know, I wrote a short letter to the editor and said, no, we don't. Because if we don't like what the city marshal is doing, we can elect somebody else. But if they're appointed, kind of hard to get rid of them unless you're, you know, jumping down the alderman's throats and saying, hey, this guy's got to go or you're going to go.
0: It's interesting. you You know, in our community, we're having some problems with what people might call corruption among elected officials. And, uh just the fact that you elect people doesn't necessarily mean you can get rid of them, because that, that
1: is true. Because we got some in the state houses that are we
0: certainly got to some some in our side. Yeah, we got some of them everywhere. We got them at the federal government too.
1: It's it's the fact that which you know building these networks like you like you built uh, with some help, Bill, is educating people because that's the hardest part. Yeah, and it's it's easy to get it.
0: It's not just about T-Radio. We should have these kinds of small radio stations everywhere that are strictly community-oriented and have community presenters and people who are telling the story of that community and um, revealing things that are taking place that need to be revealed.
1: Yeah, because like I said, it's easy to get people to vote, but to get people to research is hard. You know, educating yeah. them. Sometimes, if they want to hear the message, that's one thing. But some people don't want to hear the message. They're they're stuck in the the old. Well, I only vote for Republicans, or I only vote for Democrats, or yeah. mm-hmm. some people I I only vote for Libertarians. But it's like you got to you got to do better than that. We got to be better than that. We have to be more knowledgeable, mm-hmm. and we you know we've got to put in some time and and actually read and take some time to. To think on things before you make a decision, but
0: um... yeah. I did think of something about radio stations, though. That it, just in case anybody out there is interested, you don't really have to buy a broadcast station. Like I like I said, radio is going toward being an internet medium, and for a very very little investment, you can operate a, an internet radio station that has international reach. For the internet radio portion of what we do our cost is about $150 a month. It's incredibly yeah, it's inexpensive.
1: Bill, I really, really, again, I want to thank you personally for adding my show to your mix. I really, really appreciate it because uh, this helps me spread the message to more listeners. So, Okay. Uh, a, a lot of thanks for that and a lot of thanks for what you do. Uh, again, as you stated, we need more community-based radio, so much thanks for what you do, sir, and uh, like, again, hopefully we'll be in, I'll be in touch again soon, and if, again, if you got something important you'd like to get off your chest, you just let me know, and we'll have you back on. Okay,
0: thank you very much. Thanks for having me on Definitely. tonight.
1: Have a great evening, Bill. Okay,
0: all right, take care. Thanks for joining us today. Until next time, go out and do good.